0: KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan for the 817. Guys, what is the record against San Francisco and Dallas in the playoffs? Who has won the matchup more? I believe it's 5-3 to three Cowboys. I'll double check on Hell that. Yeah! And tomorrow, Corey, I want to do a comprehensive evaluation of the best and worst playoff games between them. Between the two of them? Yes.
1: 92 through 94 was obviously the battle, and the Cowboys go 2-1 and in that. And then they didn't play each other again until last year, right? So that makes it 2-2, and I know, in kind of our
0: lifetime. They played, I think, three years in a row in the 70s, like 70, 71, and 72. And obviously
1: the 81 season, 82 game we know is the catch. So then, that makes us two and three in our lifetime. But I don't know what they did in the seventies.
0: They won all of those.
1: Oh, in your so, face!
0: So, like I said, I believe it is five and three. But we'll dive into that tomorrow,
1: Cliff. Okay, I, there are a couple things there, okay. Kevin. And you're one. rooting for Montana, and that's why
0: I you was decided- a baby.
2: The state of Montana. The
1: the <laughs> uh-huh. for
2: one, I think we all remember that the Michael Irvin uh, pass interference from Deion Sanders is going to yeah. be high up because it was a great moment. Nobody else was great in that game. I think Troy and Michael Irvin were really good in that game because they had to be, except for Troy started off poorly. Uh, But then from there on, they had to grow that. But Jerry was talking last week about the, you know, Tony Pollard had said, hey, uh, you know, people remember the big plays in the playoffs. And and when we asked Jerry about that, he was like, hey, look, man, there's some one, two-yard grind runs that you'll always be like, that was a huge moment in a game, especially in playoffs that really do stand out. And whenever they had the old Valley Ranch I would always, when I was working it for the Cowboys website or whatever I was doing over there, there was always this picture, and I I took a picture of it and had it as like my screensaver for a long time. And it's the picture of Emmitt Smith coming through the offensive line into the end zone for like a one-two yard run, and they're just dirty and filthy. I think that was the first game, the first time they won against San Francisco, and you know that's one of the. It was a touchdown, obviously, and it was a significant touchdown, but it was a one-yard touchdown. But it was a massive play. Those things always stick out. I'm guaranteeing that one pops up on that list tomorrow.
0: All right. So my question for y'all now more contemporarily is, what is your biggest question mark remaining for the Cowboys? I was actually reading an article on Bleacher Report that led me to this question because, and I bet a lot of people are still here, they think the Cowboys' biggest question mark is still quarterback. So, I am curious, because it was just one game, and when you juxtapose it with how bad that Commander's game was, I I hadn't really thought about it like that, but I guess I get it. I'm in that category. I think Dak is a good quarterback.
1: I don't have him as a great quarterback. He played great on Monday night. If he plays like that, I'm on record. If he plays like that every game in the playoffs, I think the Cowboys can win it all. Yeah. Now, there could be something that still goes wrong and you don't win, but I do think... I don't want to give this away. But in power rankings, it'll be interesting where I have Dak. But I think Dak overall uh, is better than Brock Purdy. And it's just because I just don't know Brock Purdy yet, right? I mean, I can, yeah. after this playoff run is over, I might have Brock Purdy as a top-five quarterback in the NFL going into the next season because if he wins the Super Bowl, it's really tough yeah. to be like, oh, yeah, he's, not, yeah, yeah. he's still not good at quarterback. Um, that is my biggest question mark because if Dak – can Dak carry a team for three or four straight games in the playoffs against playoff teams? That's my biggest question mark.
0: And if he does, you would like to think then that those questions would be quieted for good, especially if it came with a Super Bowl victory.
2: It's really tough for me, Kevin, to juxtapose uh, right. the what? what we just saw versus the Washington game because I want to ask you the real question of do you really think that that entire team was trying to win against Washington aside from Dak? Because I thought Dak was doing everything he could out there and running around behind an offensive line that was kind of halfway showed up. And that's too, like the juxtaposition yeah. is too complete. Last game of the season that doesn't really matter unless you really were trying to win it to get position or whatever. Which and against playoff game against yeah. Tom Brady on Monday, two magnificently different things.
0: I think I'm, I'm starting to come over to your side because... Internally I'm like, well yeah, they were trying to win that game. They knew they could still get the number 1 seed. Everyone said the same thing, but when you saw the Commanders game versus the Bucks game and I like I don't think it the I don't think the Bucks are a good Everything team. Did. But the Commanders aren't a good team either. And yeah. so it was shocking to see the differences. It just feels like against the big time
2: opponent, Derek, that like that's where they they really wanted the big time game as yeah.
3: opposed to the meh game. Yeah, I I for sure agree with that. I also think you I'm pretty sure it was, you guys talked about it, was uh, it's not like they wanted to show their cards. You know, they didn't want to show their hand going into that. They already knew they're in the playoffs. Let's not do too much. If anything, it's more of, Dak, let's get your consistency going. Get a few runs here and there. Do, you know, the basic stuff. Just don't give anything away. And then you saw a totally different team when they showed up in Tampa. Yeah,
2: the... My question mark, and I know a lot of people are going to throw Maher in there. I'm going to I'm going to go oh, out on a yeah. limb and say I guarantee he doesn't miss an extra point for the rest of the run. Oh. Uh, I'm going to just that's where I'm going to leave that. But we'll so you get don't a, think we're scoring any touchdowns? Hey, dude, dude! <laughs> I'm just kidding. The other thing, though, my my <laughs> I'm just kidding. My my <laughs> question mark is the physicality of Trayvon Diggs. Is he making right. business decisions? And I don't know what he would be making those business decisions for, except for maybe the big business of the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. So here's my take. There were multiple times, and not just the Mike Evans moment when Mike Evans punked him, all right? That happened, Trayvon. We all saw it, and I get it. The phys- I, Hey, hit him back, bust him in the mouth. But the there was a moment when Kirst got hurt. Or if you look, it looked like Diggs was holding his elbows in and saying, please don't run into me, anybody. Then I think the next play, another thing happened. That's when I texted y'all, and I was like, hey, are y'all seeing these business decisions? My hot take on this might be, I don't want him getting hurt right now. Anybody yeah. opposite of Diggs where we have question marks about, if Diggs was to get injured in some way trying to make a tackle, we don't have a cover corner that I trust like that. So as much as we're like, hey, all in, you got to be doing all these things too, I, don't, I can't let him get hurt at the moment trying to make a tackle when maybe we need the other guys, our big time tacklers making those tackles.
0: So, you know, the, the Trayvon Diggs, I agree with you. I think he's phenomenal, but the, the moments that I've noticed is if there's the beginning of a tackle or the onset of a tackle that doesn't directly involve him and he's in the neighborhood, he'll make the moves or lunges toward the tackling that's happening and then determine quickly whether or not he needs to get involved. And if he you see it where he like moves in position and then he's like, no, yeah, they probably got it. And he'll just back away as opposed to I feel like Donovan Wilson just throws himself like a missile yes. into everything. And I need not, that guy. You and have to have a guy yeah, like that. And I'm not saying I want Trayvon Diggs to be doing that yeah. because I definitely do not. But I feel like maybe there's a happy medium somewhere there.
2: Yeah, that, like um, who was Derek? Who was your y'all's crazy guy uh, on on your team that went that went to the World Series those years? Like, did y'all have one of those guys that you were like, I have no clue what that guy's gonna do, but uh, but it's gonna be fun to watch. Are you feel? Are you gonna <laughs> say you? Is that that's fine? That's okay.
3: No, I don't want to say me. Um, it's Padilla back in the day. <laughs> Padilla. Oh, <yeah>. oh man, <laughs> I really liked him. He was funny. Um, you don't know what you're gonna get. God, I, it's tough to say. I can't really pick. That's fine. Everybody was very consistent throughout okay. the playoffs. We were we were hot. Like, we were on our streak. Yeah, and we that makes off. a lot of sense, yeah. So, it's hard to just say one certain that one dude. guy. I mean, Nelson Cruz was the guy that really carried us.
1: Baseball's different, but it was right before your time. They got rid of Milton Bradley. He was, okay, he I was got you. Crazy. Yeah. I, I mean, he was my teammate, too. That's, not, that's what I want
3: uh, from Donovan I Wilson. Is. Team, I don't you know. Were you
1: on the team with Milton?
3: No, I was around him, and I... Mm, Kind of a stat pattern. Yeah. Take himself out of games. He was uh, crazy.
1: I mean, he was he's, insane.
3: Yeah. But Marlon Byrd was pretty insane too. I
2: just want you want that one guy that like you're you you do not know exactly what it's going to be, but it's going to be full speed. And that's what Donovan Wilson is whenever he's on the field. Again, Kevin, he lights up Chris Godwin. Yeah. Chris Godwin, uh, the physicality there that's like, hey, we're the we're the more physical team today. That's the president. Well, so I agree tell you with what, yeah.
1: he took his Position, Sam Williams can be a little bit crazy. You're yeah. afraid of a late hit yeah. and you're yeah. afraid of a big play that could change the game in a positive way, you know? Like Sam Williams can can be that guy.
0: Is I uh, since you brought up Diggs, I think mine is generally for the defensive backfield because I feel like if the DBs play I don't know, even 85% of what they did Monday night, I think there's an excellent chance that you can win this game. I One of the stats, and we might dive into this for uh, more as the week goes along, that I saw is the split for Brock Purdy in this last game, where I thought he was top-notch, for receivers who had five yards or more of space separation as opposed to when they didn't. When they didn't, and five yards of separation is a crazy amount of separation. His numbers were not good when they didn't have those massive amounts of separation. So I, I I know this could go a whole lot of different ways, and people are like, oh, this is going to be another amazing late-round quarterback draft pick and everything. And I understand why, but I, I hope that the DBs can play anywhere near as good as they did in terms of the tighter coverage and cause problems for Purdy. I think Mike brought one up off air a little bit ago that I think
2: is pretty interesting You know, look at what DK Metcalf did against San Francisco last week. Sure. By the way, Lenore on the other side of Charvarius Ward, like, shut down Tyler Lockett. It was was one of those kind of games. And there are lots of things that can describe why that was the case. But DK had, like, 10 catches and and 100-and-something yards. Like, he was really good. And he had been shut down by Ward earlier in the season. So what was the difference? And some of it was they were able to get big explosive plays downfield. Who is the big explosive play downfield guy for the Cowboys? Is it Lamb? Lamb does all these different things and sometimes will slip wide open and you have a big play downfield. Is Gallup is that guy or is TY that guy? We've seen one we've seen a couple of different attempts and the one that really sticks out was the big win for sure but can T.Y. be the guy that really lights people up downfield and can Dak find him? I think that's a big question
3: mark for this team to kind of stretch what, what San Francisco likes to do specifically. Well, let me ask you this. Do you feel, and me personally, I feel like the Cowboys have more weapons and a better quarterback than what the Seahawks have. That's yes. why I feel there's so much more hope for the 40, or for the Cowboys over the 49ers because of Dak's a better quarterback than Geno. The weapons at the receiving core is better than what the the Seahawks have. So I feel like, the deep ball is going to play very well against the 49ers, and they're going to do such a good job of moving the ball around. I mean, you got two great running backs at the backfield, too. It's going to help open up so much more for Dak mm-hmm. as well. So I, I just – I'm calling it already that the Cowboys will win this game.
2: I like it. I like what Derek's saying here. Can and, we put it in three-inch And to see, like, I Kenneth will. Kenneth Walker – Sounds like we got a bet. <laughs> Kenneth Walker, oh, who uh, – from the Seahawks, I'm who – he had a really, a really great run early in the game – he went to went to high school with my nephew. That was pretty cool to learn. Oh. Uh, while I was uh, at the in laws this weekend, he had a really good game, and that was a strong effort there. And that, like we know, what Seattle likes to do when they like to run the ball. The Cowboys have been not great at getting what they want accomplished, but we saw Tony Pollard get up big yards against Tampa Bay. Hopefully, they can. That Tony Pollard has those fresh legs to do that again against San Francisco. Because we're going to need it. I don't think Zeke is going to give you that option. I don't think, I think Zeke's going to give you some physical couple yard runs here and there. that can help. But man, we, you, Derek, like you just said it. They have it. They desperately need it to show up on Sunday against San Francisco.
0: I'm far more optimistic on the Gallup front than I probably would have been going into it. Just because you saw like flashes, not a whole game. But you saw flashes of the separation that you want to hope for, or the the ability to high point the ball, which we felt like was there all along. And so I I am I am hopeful uh, about that. And from the two one four, I would love this. Giants beat Philly. Cowboys beat San Francisco. It's a lock. I mean, obviously, I hope you're right because as we discussed earlier in the week, that means the Cowboys would host the Giants in the NFC Championship game, and that would just be freaking amazing.
2: Daves against Dallas, you know, like uh, we've already coined it, you know? Like I'm excited <laughs> about that.
0: From right, from the 972, their concerns will all go away if the Cowboys throat punch the 49ers.
2: Throat punching is the yeah. way to go. Like that's the way you go out there and throat punch right yeah. out of the gate.
0: We're the KNC masterpiece right here on 1053. The fan. You approve of that, Derek? Yeah, I I was going to say something, but I'm going to leave that one out. Oh, coming up next, how about some NFL fiction or nonfiction? Next, right here on the fan.
1: On second
2: and goal here, he fakes, he looks. He's in trouble, but keeps it alive and finds
1: Mitchell. Improvisation leads to a touchdown.
0: KNC masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan, and it is time for some NFL fiction or nonfiction. Oh, are you? Crowd. Are you fine, folks? Ready? Nobody knows the difference. No clue what you're talking about. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right. Well, let's. can you give us a sheet, like a def- definition sheet, so that we know
0: in the future which
2: one's which? Yes. That would be helpful. Fiction? What? Thank you you two? Yes. Man,
0: fiction is not real. <laughs> nonfiction is real, despite the non in it. I I understand.
2: I'm gonna write that down. Okay. Why would they do that? Just non-fiction it's is not real. real. I really fiction don't know. Fiction equals real or not real? Uh, fiction is, is not real. Not real. Uh-huh. Nonfiction. I went to 13th grade. So Israel. That's gotcha. All right. That was an English major. Fiction.
1: 23 yard punt. That's coming up in, in Michael The 1994 the crap, NFC John's Championship <laughs> game.
0: My the, mom can
1: punt at 23 yards. I really? would
0: actually really like to see that. The NFL fiction or nonfiction, the difference in days off for the 49ers and the Cowboys heading into the divisional round is unfair. It is unfair,
1: but unfortunately, this is part of being the most popular team in the NFL. When you're the most popular team in the NFL, they're going to put you on the Monday night game. Which McCarthy made reference to. He's like, TV is king.
2: Yeah. I I am going to go with the Patrick Walker approach. Okay. Which is, I, I really think this is a good one. Don't look at it in that manner. Okay. How about, and maybe this is as more of a fan saying it this way. How about saying, we get to, it's glorious that the Cowboys have to prep for the next round of the playoffs.
0: Okay, well, sure. <laughs> but that's all fine and well. Like, let's look at it that way, Kevin. <laughs> okay. No,
2: in in re, I mean, in reality. You give, I much prefer it to the alternative of what went wrong in Tampa. If, if they played Saturday... And, and then that would be even tougher now, but think about this. If they played last Saturday and San Francisco played Sunday, is that fair? I mean that they would get an extra day off. Like it's, it is the weird, but it is, you're right. Two days seems wild, but man, the NFL, by the way, for anybody who wants a stat there, Cowboys are undefeated on short rest this year.
0: Ooh, so so I heard you, that
2: from Bobby the other morning. All right. and I think it's five days in that range, something like that. But they're undefeated want, on short rest. So
0: you want to go the undefeated route. Let's go the undefeated route. We got some audio right here. NFL fact or fiction. Trevor Lawrence is incapable of being defeated on Saturdays. Here's Doug Peterson's thoughts about it.
1: Are you aware that Trevor Lawrence has never lost a game on Saturday? This guy. 37-0. <laughs> and <0.
0: laughs> High school, college, and
2: pros. He's on the first one. So. That's pretty impressive. Nah,
3: yeah, a lot, lot. Next question.
2: <laughs> he didn't want to jinx it. He thinks it's a jinx. He
0: was like, why'd you bring it up, jackass?
3: <laughs> I wouldn't answer it. He I would do the same thing.
0: You're right. You got to avoid that. Yes. All right, so NFL fact. Hold on. Or excuse me. So, it Choppy says I this morning. I if he's
1: ever been an underdog on a Saturday. Choppy says this
2: morning Last that you week, can't correct? say the yips. Correct. Or that you've never had the yips. but And you're like, ah, whatever. You spit in the face of that. Correct. But whenever he says that, you're like, nope, that's a jinx
3: right there. There's different things. The yips <laughs> the yips is something that's not going to. that That's like, I don't know. That's just to get in your own head so that you think that, oh, I can't throw. Gotcha. Having the superstition of, man, I haven't lost on a Saturday, that's, you can't jinx that because once it happens, now it's done. Yeah, okay. Whereas the yips can come and go. Gotcha. Next question. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) I appreciate that.
0: So, obviously, they are a sizable underdog this week, but Mike, this is your guy. Fiction or nonfiction, Trevor Lawrence cannot be defeated on Saturdays. Well,
1: he's gonna lose this Saturday.
0: Oh Oh my gosh. He's never
1: I'm assuming at Clemson he was never the underdog, and in high school he was never the underdog.
0: And certainly not to this degree. So and I get he
1: was a one and a half point underdog last Saturday, but I I don't see them beating Kansas City. So I think he's going to lose his first game. But when you're the best quarterback in the country in high school, and you're the best quarterback in the country in college, I understand how he's undefeated on Saturdays.
0: Guys, NFL fiction or nonfiction, Brock Purdy has a weakness, and I alluded to it a minute ago, but I have discovered it. Before I tell you what the weakness is, Salisbury steak. You have to tell. <laughs> no, I love Ooh. Salisbury. Do steak. you believe Thanks. I have found Brock Purdy's weakness? No. Yes. Oh. Okay, Mike. You say yes or no? I have discovered Brock Purdy's weakness. I'm going to say if you have, uh, you are better than defensive coordinators in the NFL. All right. Here we go against Seattle. Brock Purdy, nine of ten. For 179 yards and three touchdowns when a receiver had five plus yards of separation. Okay. So I think that feeds into the idea that it's the scheme, not the guy. I'm not telling you it's the scheme, not the guy. But that does feed into that perception. And five yards is an enormous amount of separation. The
2: scheme is great, though. And the scheme isn't going away. It is. I don't think it matters who the guy is. It is the scheme with that. But they have a guy, the guy, is very efficient. And this guy is not making his, the mistakes. I think they may give a little more leeway to like a Trey Lance. But with Purdy, they're like, here's what we need you to do. And he's like, this is my only shot. I was Mr. Irrelevant. I have to do right. everything they say. Yeah, right. So he's playing the scheme think perfect. Think
0: about it. Even now, some people are like, I don't know if that's going to be your job next year. Even though, So how much do you trust Dan Quinn? Because check this out. Here's where the flaw would come into play. On plays where Brock Purdy threw it with less than five yards of separation, he was nine of twenty for 153 yards and a 71.5 passer rating, not QBR passer rating.
2: So this is very similar to the question we ask about quarterbacks coming out of Alabama or those big programs: is is it because they have five-star wide receivers going up against, uh, you yes. know, not the three-star uh, cornerbacks, and that's why those quarterbacks get the the big plays? Who proved that he can learn to be a good quarterback, right? Sure. Uh, but when he was in college, man, he was whipping it around like Alabama had never seen before. So it Whoa. was it changed. Yeah, it changed the whole way they looked right. at it. And so I think that this is, you know, I, I agree with where you're going. But this so what you're saying is then the Cowboys have to figure out how to keep all yards of separation under five in order to win this game. Because if there's a, a play where there will be more than five yards of separation, Brock Purdy will make you pay. Like, that's what I'm, I'm seeing here. So figure out
3: how to play tighter defense. Is I just what, what I'm guessing here. I just don't feel like he's going to have as much time to throw. I feel like the pressure of the Cowboys' defense is going to get to him oh, and okay. create a little bit of, uh, I don't know what you want to put, adversity in this one. He's gonna He's going to struggle a little bit here.
0: NFL fiction or nonfiction, Josh Allen will eliminate the Bills. He still makes a lot of mistakes and turnovers. For example, two interceptions, lost fumble, led to 17 points for the Dolphins this past weekend in a game that I thought was going to be an annihilation.
1: That's that's a, a tough one to say that Josh Allen is going to lose the game. I'll tell you I do think Joe Burrow is going to play better than Josh Allen on okay. s- Sunday yeah. daytime.
3: That's one of my picks, so
1: oh, you like you like I Cincinnati like, too? Yes, I do. I do too. Mm. But you can have it. You're down
0: 400 bucks.
3: <laughs> That's it. Yeah. All right. That's it, he says.
0: But he did not want to <laughs> take on Corey, and I'm it, like, "Oh my you, god, are I'm, you done, f-
2: non- I'm done, dude. You're done." Just this? go ahead and Oh, what?
1: What? Um that Allen is going to lose the Bills. Man, because their defense
2: hasn't been good, if he turns the ball over, that's a problem for them. So, yeah, I'll say that that is yeah, non-fiction. So Are you
0: looking at your notes? Uh, that is determine? nonfiction. That okay. is real. NFL fiction or nonfiction, Tom Brady will never play in the NFL again. By the way, betting odds on that, super tight. Yes, plus 110. No is the favorite at minus 150. So it's not a coin flip, but it is pretty close. I think
2: Tom Brady's done. I don't think so. Mostly. Oh. And here's the reason, Derek. I think he goes back to New England. I just want to believe it, that the Cowboys ended his career. Like, that's just, that's my personal. He's not going out on I, that.
3: There's <laughs> no way. it's ah, that worst, would be amazing. That's his worst playoff loss in his career.
2: Second worst. Do you, think, oh, do you think he Third. thinks Sorry. that this year was worth it? Like like he, like, I don't know what he thought
0: about his marriage. He, I feel like he,
1: got he, to he to say wanted no. to get divorced anyway. Okay. Yeah. To that be was... honest, if you're <laughs> at that point and it's like, hey, you can either play or our marriage is over and you pick play, you don't want to be married anymore.
0: <laughs> no, I think he's right. I, I do. I, 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 I do seriously so, do. So
2: even like with the way the rest of the season went, he's like, nah. It's okay. The divorce, I got, a, I got a new smoking hot girlfriend and everything's
0: going to be fine. Yeah, and I, I, Tom Brady's going to be fine, to your point. Like, I don't think he's going to be like, well, now nobody wants to date. Right. He's going to be just fine. All right. So, Derek says he will play. Mm-hmm. You say no. Mike, you say Tom Brady plays, yay or nay.
1: Yes, he plays. Okay. And, it's, and, it, and I'll put it, I think it'll be a mistake.
0: Oh, okay. Not
1: that, look, we don't remember Willie Mays. I'm not old enough. Neither, no, I don't really remember Willie Mays with the Mets. You know, we don't really remember Emmett Smith with the Cardinals. I'm just, it does happen. A lot of guys are like, I, I want to play. I'm good enough to still play. We don't really even remember Michael Jordan with the Wizards.
0: Yeah. No, that's but that's fair. I do
1: think he is going to play until he physically can't. And he still physically can. I'm saying it's going to take a major injury where he's like, I just, I can't do I can't get up and. I can't, my knee, they hit my knee, my head is is rattled. I think, unfortunately for Tom Brady, uh, he's, he's going to be the greatest of all time. But I do think it's going to take a major injury for him not to play anymore.
0: The betting odds, if he leaves Tampa and continues to play, have him going to the Raiders first, then the Jets, then the Patriots, who mm. Derek mentioned, what makes my brain hurt is the San Francisco 49ers are fourth on this list.
1: I, I don't know if he'll want to do this or not, but he wanted to get to Miami. Is in, Did you mention Miami? Yeah,
0: Miami, surprisingly enough, I did not see them in the top group of this list. I think Miami is a very viable candidate. Now, I got one well, more Raiders for you. aren't
1: good enough. Yeah. Like, why would he do that? Or, you, or, hey, only want the, to go play against the, Patrick yeah. Mahomes twice and, and Justin Herbert twice and, and then Josh Allen and Burrow. And I guess going to Miami would be the same, but at least you wouldn't have to deal with them till. I don't know. He, he kind of needs to go to the NFC, honestly. The, the NFC is way too loaded to go
0: there. Cowboys? I mean, the, if the 49ers, for some reason, were open, that would be very After appealing. what I
1: saw from him against the Cowboys, the Chuck and Duck. I,
0: you don't I, want him? No. Yeah. I like it. All right. One more in the retirement realm, NFL fiction or nonfiction, Aaron Rodgers. Will never play in the NFL again. I know he said he's weighing it, but then also told McAfee he could still win an MVP, which leads me to believe he's leaning towards playing. I loved when they
2: played that audio this morning with Sean and RJ and Bobby. Uh, it was choppy. Was like, man, he asked four questions and answered them all. Can I still win an MVP? Yes, I think I can. <laughs> can I still do this? Yes, I can. Like, that's. I think sure. he's coming yeah. back to play. I, I will go with what Mike just said. I think it would be the wrong decision for him. just Because he's got to figure out something is missing in his throws. And I've never seen him underthrow as many players as I saw him underthrow this year. He might go to
3: the com- uh, Commanders. Oh. My... oh.
2: If he hates it in Green Bay with that organization, he's going to hate the Commanders.
3: Mm, them are the Colts. But then
2: again... That,
0: that would be the most Colts thing to do as they're going on their veteran the QB picks, tour. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. NFL fiction or non-fiction, Justin Jefferson is the most valuable non-QB in the league. Their ESPN's analytics expert, Seth Walder, put out his list of the most valuable players in the league. More so than any defensive player? He has... Justin Jefferson, fifth on the list, which is the highest non-QB, and then Tyreek Hill is sixth on the list. Miles Garrett, ninth. Nick Bosa, tenth, and Micah Parsons, 11th. So they have Micah Parsons as the fifth most valuable non-QB, and I believe third most valuable defensive player.
2: Yeah. See, I I don't know, man. I don't just like it. And that Kevin, this is where I want you to take these some of these things to Micah this week. Yeah. Like, hey, look, everybody's saying that Bosa is better than you. Um, Like, he's going to get the Defensive Player of the Year award. How do you feel about that, Micah? I just want to see. I want Micah to get... Have all those little things in his notebook to go See, read and go. I'm gonna kill it. I think that's
0: a good idea. I would continually <laughs> sprinkle in while you're watching film study and stuff. Although I guess he would be in the opposite film study. I would make sure he heard. I'd <laughs> yeah, be like, yeah. well, yeah, Nick Bosa is gonna win Defensive Player of the Year, so he's obviously the best. Like I would he's keep the best guy on yeah, the field. I, I guess. would keep I mean, just <laughs> dropping that in, and so Mike is like, you. Yeah, I, I need watch.
2: everything. I mean, I loved hearing McCarthy say, look, we have extra extra day of rest, or they have an extra day of rest, but we're going to be tired and grumpy. I do like that mentality. Like, go in grumpy. I want as grumpy as you can get from Micah.
0: Yeah, last one I have. I think you guys can get this one. NFL fiction or nonfiction, the Cowboys will host another watch party at the Miller Lighthouse at AT&T Stadium Sunday for Cowboys Bat. 49ers. Or,
1: I'm sure they've already decided that. It's Wednesday.
0: Non-fiction. Have they not
1: decided this yet? They have.
0: Okay. It is official. That's why I said I thought you guys could get this, is if you want details, DallasCowboys.com slash playoffs. They'll have free parking in lots 6, 7, 10, and 11. Free admission. $5 Miller Lights going to be parked.
2: 35 minutes ago, Adam Schefter tweets, more on the Cowboys sticking with Brett Maher for Sunday's divisional playoff oh. at San Francisco a Todd Archer. Two minutes ago, Adam Schefter tweets, Dallas is likely to bring in another kicker this week to compete, but Maher expected to be the kicker Sunday. Do you think that he's going to compete and win?
0: That is... That's a fascinating statement, so it's a faux competition to, tr- what, try to light a fire I don't know, under his I, ass? Yeah, or? I
2: mean, or just kind of see, what if you get there this week, Kevin, and he can't make a single kick even in practice? And then you're like, okay, well, now we gotta, we're gotta, we done. Yeah, we got to move on. So I guess you're cov- sure. covering your butts here, you know? Okay. All butts covered.
0: And it was interesting because yesterday McCarthy made it sound like he was like, Oh, yeah, he's still the guy. Fossil definitely made it sound like he goes, hell, yeah, if it's my choice, he's kicking. <laughs> and now here we are. Just to see. We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. now, how about a little Mike likes it? Okay, so obviously
1: thinking a lot about San Francisco and Dallas, and yep. I don't know if you could find a bigger Dallas Cowboy fan yeah. in the 90s than Mike Bassick. Okay. I know there's plenty Your of than my dad, I was a bigger fan. I was crazy at that point, you know. Um, I'm in they high let school, you down. and I'm looking at this '94 game, and okay, this is the game where the Cowboys lose and the 49ers win. I forgot how crappy the field was watching this and on no, YouTube. It's just a mud. '92 it, it, yeah. it was a bad field, and '94 it was a bad field. '93 was the only one where the game was in Dallas. But Corey, you brought up earlier how Aikman got off to a bad start. So to start the game off, the Cowboys get the ball and Aikman throws a pick six uh, on third and eight. So that starts off the game. Then the next play or the next possession. So Dallas is down seven to zero. I don't know the spread in this game. I'm sure you can look these things I, I'll up. I'll double check. But I feel like, did we go down 21 nothing? We did. So then Cowboys get the ball back. Next possession. This is how bad this game went and the Cowboys still almost won this yeah. game. Cowboys... I have this written down here. Uh, Cowboys, it is third and seventeen, the next possession. So two bad plays. Emmett slips on the handoff, so it's a negative play. Then he throws a pass to Emmett Smith and they tackle him quickly. So you get third and 17 your next play. What happens? Troy Aikman throws a 20-yard bullet right to Michael Irvin, first down. Michael Irvin fumbles after catching the ball. Ugh. San Francisco ball. San Francisco then throws like a swing pass to Ricky Waters for like a 20 something yard touchdown. Cowboys down 14 to zero. Next possession, San Francisco kicks off. Kevin Williams fumbles the kickoff. San Francisco Ugh. ball. San Francisco then takes the ball 30 yards down the field for a touchdown. Wow. It is now 21 to zero. And the Cowboys have thrown a pick six. Michael Irvin has fumbled the first down, and Kevin Williams cannot handle the – he handles the kickoff, Good just fumbles night. when he gets hit. And you are down 21-0 to zero, uh, in that game.
0: Uh, this, I, I, I checked the spread, by the way. I have to admit I was pretty darn surprised. In 92 um, – because I want to include all these. Yeah, okay. 92, the 49ers were favored by four. Okay. 93, the Cowboys were favored by three. And for this game, the 1994, and I might I meant 92. So 92, right. San Francisco by four. 93, Cowboys by three. This one, San Francisco by seven, is okay. what Pro Football Reference has. I'm pretty so
1: surprised they had this as a you know as the most non-competitive. It ended up being I guess the other one before 38-21 was the most non-competitive game. So you're down 21 to zero early on in this game. Then the Cowboys get the ball for a fourth time. <laughs> Already down uh, twenty-one to zero, uh, and they haven't had to punt yet. They haven't kicked off yet.
0: They've just kicked, turned the ball yes. over. Yes,
1: and the Cowboys and Troy Aikman uh, march down the field and score a touchdown. Michael Irvin touchdown. Then they get San Francisco to go three and out. So on on San Francisco's first ever first possession. Now yeah. they are up twenty-one to seven. They get them to punt. Now here's the issue: the Cowboys then drive down the field. Chris Bono has to kick. This is how bad this game went. Chris Bono misses a field goal. That field goal was a twenty-seven yard attempt.
0: <laughs> so instead
1: of it being twenty-one to ten, they drive down. They get stalled out. So it, you're thinking. I actually wrote down twenty-one to ten, and then the next thing I see is that the uh, field goal is good by San Francisco, and I'm thinking, all right. 24 to 10. I'm like, wait, why does it say 24 to 7? And I have to look back. I'm like, that SOB Bono missed a 27 yard <laughs> field goal attempt. So it's actually 24 to 7. So then the next drive, the Cowboys score a touchdown. And it's 24 to 14. So you've had three turnovers, a missed 27 yard field goal attempt, and it is 24 to 14. Here's where it honestly oh. gets to be even worse. This is where I got mad at John Jett. The Cowboys have to punt right before halftime. And the SOB, John Jett, kicks a 23-yard punt. So now it gives San Francisco a chance to score right before half. San Francisco then gets the ball in field goal range. But remember, this is a bad field. Yeah. So they are on about the 25-yard line. I didn't mark down exactly where. They're on the 25-yard line with 13 seconds to go and no timeouts. And so... Our guy, Larry Brown, who does win the MVP the next year in the Super Bowl, is literally playing 15 yards off of Jerry Rice. Because the only thing that they can do is either throw a sideline pass or a touchdown pass. Larry Brown is 15 yards off the ball. When Steve Young releases this ball, they are probably, Larry Brown has a two-yard coverage on Jerry Rice. Jerry Rice catches the ball four yards past uh, Larry Brown for a touchdown. Holy cow. With eight seconds to go. So, literally, you're still at 24-14. I'm just kind of re-going through this game and remembering my emotions through this. And Larry Brown allows, and this is where Michael Irvin looks like he's going to kill somebody on the sideline. Uh, is that that game should be 27 to 14 at halftime. Worst case scenario, but unfortunately, Larry Brown. And look, he is Jerry Rice. Steve Young's like, I don't care. It's somewhat man-to-man coverage. I'm just going to throw it to the corner of the end zone. The safety can't get over there. And I don't care that he's 15 yards off the ball. This is the play. I'm throwing it to Jerry Rice, and Jerry Rice beats Larry Brown. It's 31 to 14. And to make matters worse, it really doesn't matter, but stat-wise, you look at it, uh, Corey, Troy Aikman has to throw a Hail Mary and he throws an uh, interception at the end of half. It didn't matter at all. It's yeah. like, screw it. We have to, we're down 31 to 14. I'm going to throw the ball 40 yards down the field and see what happens. So another turnover, even though it really doesn't matter. And then the game gets interesting there. You have to kick off to San Francisco. Remember you had the ball every time. So you're kicking off to San Francisco. What in the world do you know? But San Francisco fumbles the kickoff and Dallas gets it and scores a touchdown. So, like, the crazy thing is, is it looks like, oh, my gosh, everything went wrong. And then the start off the third quarter, San Francisco then fumbles the kickoff. Dallas then scores to make it 31-21. to 21
0: it Felt like they were right there. Before
1: San Francisco can get the ball. Unfortunately, from there, they do drive the ball down for, like, the first time all game. They drive the ball down the field. You have given up 31 points, and they have not even had a possession where they've had to drive the ball down the field to score. And they do drive the ball 70 yards for a score to make it 38-21. to Well, then, unfortunately, Troy Aikman is having to throw the ball a lot in this game. And they do have Deion Sanders on the other side of the field. Troy Aikman throws another interception to Deion Sanders because he's having to go yeah. to Michael Irvin a lot, and Deion Sanders is on Michael Irvin, and so Deion gets him this time. But they get a three and out San Francisco punts. Aikman takes the ball down the field 89 yards and throws a touchdown to Michael Irvin to make it 38-28. Yeah. to 28. The Cowboys get another three and out. And this is the possession where Dion pass interferes with Michael Irvin with about six minutes to go in the game, about at the four-yard line, yes. and they don't call it. And so then they have to go for it on fourth and 11, and they don't get the first down, and that pretty much ends the game.
0: Because then it could potentially been 38-35. Yeah. And- So anyways,
1: it's just interesting to go through and watch how did the Cowboys lose that fourth Super Bowl or the third Super Bowl in three years, and they win the next year against uh, Pittsburgh, and they don't have to play San Francisco. They play Green Bay because Green Bay upset San Francisco uh, in that game. But when you look at it, everything that could go wrong, literally pick six, Michael Irvin fumbles, you fumble the kickoff, and you're down 21-0, to and then... You're like, hey, we're back in this. It's 24-14, to but you think, God, we missed a 27-yard field goal. And you're like, it could be 24-17, to as bad as it gone. But then you get beat with no timeouts left and 13 seconds to go. You get beat by Jerry Rice for a touchdown to make it close to impossible to come back. So that's the history of that 1994 game. If you weren't alive for it, most people weren't alive for it. How did the Cowboys lose? They were obviously, I didn't know this, going into the seven-point I was really surprised to see that. But the Cowboys played about as bad as football as you could play in the first half down 31-14 to 14, and then got a play that didn't go their way. A ref didn't call pass interference on Deion Sanders. Now, who knows what would have happened if you do catch that ball and you have to punch it in. Most likely <laughs> yeah. with the Cowboys offensive line and Emmett Smith, you're going to punch happened. in that yeah. ball and you're going to make it 38-35 to 35 with approximately five minutes to go. But didn't happen. So, Now, my next Mike Likes It is this. I went back and looked at Brock Purdy, guys, and I looked at his preseason numbers. I have no clue who Brock Purdy is. I know he's the last pick by Iowa State, but I'm like, what did he do in the preseason? Like, did they see any of this happening in the first preseason game? He had six passes. He goes three of six for 36 yards and a touchdown. Nothing special. I'm going to give you what Trey Lance did in that game because I think this is an interesting thing on what San Francisco is going to do in the future. In that game, Trey Lance went 4-5 of five for 92 yards and a touchdown. So okay. advantage Trey Lance in preseason game one, 4-5, 92 yards, touchdown. Brock Purdy, 3-6, of six, 36 yards and a touchdown. Now I get Brock Purdy's playing the end of the game with the guys that are all going to get cut, and Trey Lance is playing the first drive of the game. <laughs> yeah. He's playing with not Christian McCaffrey at the time, but he is playing with probably his starting offensive line and Debo Samuel out there. The next preseason game Trey Lance doesn't play, Brock Purdy goes – 14 of 23 for 128 yards. Nothing special there, yeah. but not bad either. Not bad at all. No touchdown, no interception. Nothing to write about running wise. I looked at his his runs. He didn't do anything in these games that I should write down his running stats. They're like for 10 yards or for negative 2 yards. So nothing special in running the ball. Preseason game 3. Uh Trey Lance starts the game and goes 7 of 11 for 49 yards. No score. Yeah. Brock Purdy goes 13 of 20 for 182 yards and an interception. They didn't score in that game. San Francisco lost that game 17-0, to but Brock Purdy, 13 of 20, 182 yards and an interception. I wanted to look at this, guys, because he's really come out of nowhere. And I wanted to look at his preseason numbers to be like, was he doing something special in preseason? See if he dominated then. And he didn't do anything bad in preseason, but he didn't do anything special in preseason either. And if you look at preseason, Trey Lance went 11 of 16 for 140 yards
0: so yeah
1: not, I, it's gonna be interesting to me I just wonder not I'm a bad you. number yeah if the Cowboys win Derek like you said they will I do think there is a major question conversation about Brock Purdy's future because Trey Lance was the third overall pick and they traded up to yep. make him the next guy yep. but I mean
3: look at how well he's been playing since he's gotten that job opportunity One, 100% the only thing that I would be curious he, he hasn't lost yet correct he hasn't nope, dealt, he's, so he's that's, that would be the only thing is how does he handle adversity what's going to happen when he loses does he come back and he's still as good as he was does he bounce right back or does he just start getting into a slump and maybe they figured him out that's the other thing too is just like in baseball they don't have. Well, now they have plenty of video on him, but before it's like they didn't have enough. So that-, that was
1: interesting to me last week as Seattle. That was the second time they've played Brock Purdy. It's the only time he's faced a yep. team a second time, and he handled that very well as the game progressed. Obviously, they're down seventeen sixteen, but he had a he had a close to perfect second half. It, I, yes. it, the way that he Dak phenomenal. played after the first two possessions, Brock Purdy didn't take him just two possessions. But at halftime, Brock Purdy dominated the game from that point
3: on. How do you I, compare? Seahawks defense versus Cowboys defense.
1: Cowboys have a better defense.
3: So that'll make. But it I will say
1: this: I don't know if we have a better run defense. Hmm. I say we, the Cowboys. I don't yeah. know if the Cowboys have a better run defense than Seattle does. So that's the one thing: is Christian McCaffrey could and Debo Samuel could keep him out of yeah. uh, bad situation.
0: Those are nice. Uh, those are nice weapons to have alongside with you.
1: That's it. That's Mike likes it. Let's get to the block.
2: They're getting the, Oh, I just want to add something there. Like they are like Shanahan's offense is putting guys in great position. Agreed. Mm-hmm. And I think Brock Purdy has done a great job of playing within it, but whenever asked to do a couple other things, he can do that too. The the I think figuring out Brock Purdy, like the Oh, we got it. It's more figuring out Shanahan first. Mm-hmm. And if Dan and Dan Quinn, good lord, I hope you can do it this year, man. I, I don't want to play a tight game, Kevin. Dude. I don't want to play. This is another one where I'm like, "Hey, do what you did against Tampa and just try and go go score. Don't try and play conservative with it. Let's try and get points on the board as often as possible. If that means not kicking extra points, that's fine."
0: We're the KC masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, it's time for the C Block starring Corey Majors. Penalties and am I old? Mm-hmm. Oh, next. Yep.